Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss, a rare behind-the-scenes insight into the executives leading some of the ASX's most successful small-cap companies. How they run the company on a day-to-day basis, their work-life balance, coffee of choice and life away from business-making decisions. We might even check in for their sporting team of choice as well. Today's chat is with Richard Maddox from Kingsland Minerals, Managing Director, ASX code is KNG. Richard, appreciate you coming in. Great to be here, too. Easy one, straight off the top. How's business? Good, good. Nice and busy, which is always good. Yeah, and you put out a, an announcement a couple of days ago. We're doing this chat on the 27th of October, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Looks like things are going okay up in the Territory. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've been drilling for five months now. Got some good results and uh, they'll keep coming for the next uh, month or two. And um, we'll finish drilling soon with the wet season coming on in the NT. But uh, yeah, it's been a pretty busy five months. And that's the space. Uh, I think you've got three projects in the Northern Territory and one in WA. Yeah, we've got several projects in the NT and one in, in, in WA, down near our Lake Johnson. But our focus now is on the graphite up near Pine Creek in the Northern Territory. Okay, so tell our listeners exactly what, in simple terms, I, I've had a look at the release a lot of numbers and graphs there that does my head in, but <laughs> dumb it down for people who know what you're going to be talking about or those who are on the outside going, oh, tell us a bit more about Kingsland and what's happening up there in the graphite space. Okay. Yeah. Look, we've been listed for about uh, 15 months now. June last year, we listed, started looking for um, initially copper, gold and uranium. Anyway, and we did some drilling for uranium uh, this time last year, but we switched around earlier this year because we realized there was a lot of graphitic schist up in that um, tenement up near Pine Creek. So we started drilling earlier this year for, uh, for graphite and got some really good hits. And, um, you know, the, the hits we're getting now are sort of world-class hits as far as intersections and grade goes. So we're pretty encouraged by that. And um, I think that'll be our focus in the, in the near future will be on that graphite and developing that project. So that was not your intention? Not initially. No, that's right. So it, um, we knew the shift was there and there was a little bit of historical exploration, but not a lot. Um, you know, there was a lot more for copper and uranium and gold and some of the other tournaments, but uh, we realised that there was a lot of this graffiti schist up there and compared to our other projects, this was the one that had the potential to be what we call a tier one project. Okay. So for someone that's been in this game for a long time, what's the ability of your group, yourself and those on the ground to pivot and find something like that and go, wow, we, as much as we stuck a hole in the ground looking for something else, we've found this. Does much change? Oh, look, not a lot. Obviously, I think when we listed, you had a few investors that came in on the uranium story because that was our focus on our IPO last year. Um, but when you look at the, the fundamentals of what we've got with the graphite, it's pretty easy to realise that this is a potentially a pretty you know, big project. And if you look at the current demand for graphite and the, you know, the story going forward with electric vehicles and things like that, it's a good spot to be in. You know? So we're, we're happy with the change. At where you were situated to that being a tier one project, where you're situated to, you've, you've got everything, haven't you? You've got the power, you've got the sealed roads, you've got, you've got, there's a little bit going on. That's right. Tier one location as well. You know, two and a half hours south, it, south of Darwin. How does that spot. come about? Oh, well, it's, it's, it's close to that main infrastructure corridor, north, south of yeah, into Darwin. So we're close to high voltage power lines, gas pipelines, sealed highways, railway lines, all those sorts of things. And obviously Pine Creek's an historic mining area. There's been a lot of gold mining in the past there. So all that sort of gold mining infrastructure is still there. Um, so it's a, it's a great spot to work. It, it is. And again, you, when when we have uh, the likes of, you know, other small cap companies who come in and have got it set up and are basically in the outback, that's a hard battle, isn't it? It's the setup costs and the whole setup and trying to set the infrastructure up in place. But when you've got something like that, as you say, where you're positioned, that's a huge load off the shoulders. Well, it, it, it enables us to start working really, really quick. Yeah. You know, we, we've got everything in town there at Pine Creek. We need a yard. 
There's a drilling company that's based in Pine Creek with a yard there as well. So all that's close by. You know, Catherine is the major probably supply centre. We're about an hour south of Pine Creek, so that's easy to get things from there. When Darwin's only two and a half hour drive as well to the north, so good spot. That's right. So you you release those details in regards to the graphite. So and you you mentioned you've been drilling there for some time. We'll get more on the the short, the mid, and the long term uh, shortly. Uh, with Kingsland and also what's happening up there in the NT with the graphite. But in simple terms, how long before it really ramps up? I think we're going to, uh, well, I expect our, our life will change, where our corporate life will change around March next year. And that's when we'll get the resource out. Uh, the drilling finishes in a couple of weeks. We'll do, crunch the numbers over the, um, the wet period, you know, the summer, the summer, you know, December and January. Um, we'll get a resource out um, early next year and we'll also get the methodological test work results back as well. And uh, all those things come together in about March. And I think that's when we'll have the, um, you know, the, the proof, let's say, of a big deposit with um, good metallurgy to um, uh, get a final product out of it with itself. When you get a call from, I don't know whether you were there at the time, but, you know, the drilling goes down, you produce this, everyone starts to go, mm, we might have struck something handy here. What's the process for you? If someone's been in the game for as long as you have and worked as, you know, in faraway places that you have South America, Papua New Guinea. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So tell us a bit about what excitement levels goes through your head. Well, I, I, you know, the excitement started on this graphite when we looked at some of the historical results which previous explorers had, and they just resampled some of their holes looking for copper and got some, you know, half decent graphite results. We went uh, for a walk around the, the bush up there and it all outcrops, you know, so you can walk around for hundreds of metres and it's all this black um, graphitic schist and you think, crikey, this, is, this goes forever. This is big. And you can follow it up the hills. You've got all the, you know, termite mounds in the NT, mm -hmm. you've got black termite mounds coming up because they're, you know, they're, they're boring into the graphitic schist. And when you start to see the extent of it and you're, and you're taking samples, looking at it, you realize that this is a, this is a big deposit, you know, and, and that's, that was, um, probably around this time last year, I think we we're, were walking around it, looking at it and realized that, uh, gee, this is big and comparing that to other companies who have got graphite project, we realized, okay, well, this is an anomaly. This is bigger than most people have got. So that uh, was pretty encouraging and pretty exciting. It sounds encouraging. KNG is the ASX code. We're chatting with Richard Mannix, uh, Kingsland Minerals, of course. Um, and business, straight off the top, sounds incredibly exciting. More a little bit later. Got to get to know you a bit. Um, yep. Where did your love of the rocks come from? Uh, I don't know. When I was a kid. <laughs> that's what a lot of people say. That's Actually, not... I, it probably started really well. I, I was uh, fortunate to live in Canada for about three years when I was younger, in about 1970, around there um, in Edmonton. And that's you know, right in the middle of that uh, central North America where all the dinosaur fossils are. And we all know our little kids like dinosaurs. So that's probably the start of it there, I'd imagine. We had you know, dinosaur fossils on. My father had some friends you know, with properties out of town there with fossils on them and things like that. So that's probably where it really started. I owned a petrified rock. I don't even know what that is. I owned a petrified rock. I remember it was, it's almost like the length of your phone, not as thick, and it had a couple of different colour coatings through it. I'd love to, I just remember petrified rock. It was all. It was almost, it was my piece. It was better than a trophy that I had. Do you have it and stuff like that? I've got some petrified rock as well. What is petrified rock? Well, it's just, it's just rock. You know, a, you know, a tree which you know, has fallen over in the mud, say, it buried by mud. And over the millions of years, say, the, you know, the, the fabric of the wood's been replaced by minerals. And uh, you can, when you break that rock in millions of years' time, it, uh, it pops out as a, 
as a, like a, a, a replica, like mold of that uh, original wood. Yeah, Massive petrified uh, okay. wood. Yeah. No idea. I remember yeah. I just to tell people about petrified rock and I yeah, just, yeah. just to think it was just a rock and being <laughs> frightened into, into another space. Um, okay, so that's all very well to say that you've spent those years in the dinosaur and with petrified rock journey. But when do you go geology? Do I want to be a geologist? I want to get into the mining space. When does that when did that come? Um, I think it may have started when I was at high school and I did physics and maths and chemistry or math, you know, that I did the hard maths or tried to do the hard maths. Was that, was that, that was, was that maths, maths two? Well, it was maths well, two in my day. I was over in Victoria. Okay. Yeah. So, so we had maths two. Yeah. Maths one was second. Yeah. Uh, as hardest. And when maths three, four, four was for the 40% subject, which yeah, was yeah. me. Maths got in the way. Maths got in the way of his head for me. Well, so I should have done something like that. So I, I tried to do the, you know, the smart subjects in in, in, in uh, form five, where you're eleven. It didn't do particularly well. I think the idea, I like the idea of building bridges and things like that, engineer. But obviously, you have to be good at maths to do that. Um, I wouldn't have been building very good bridges, I don't think. But I, I, you know, the interest in geology um, came to the fore, and where I went to school, they offered earth science in in form six or year twelve. So I thought I'll do that. I thought that's a no-brainer because I like geology. And off, you know, I realised I knew half of the subject anyway, just from the general interest. And um, off we went from there and went to university at RMIT in Melbourne after that. How long have you been in WA? Um, well, I finished uh, RMIT in 1987 and came straight here because there were jobs for everyone back in those days. So yeah, right. I've been here ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I married a local girl in Kalgoorlie and uh, I'm, uh, I'm not quite a Western Australian, but I still broke for Hawthorne. So I've got that. That's so true. But, but, but I'm a member of the Eagles, so... Yeah, you can figure. Good balance. Yeah. You go, you go guaranteed to go into a game, which is <laughs> that's right. Whether yeah. they win or not, who's to know? Uh, so, what's more to achieve? I mean, you know, and I'm going to get to know a bit more about you and your work day. But when you sit back and go, okay, this is where we're at, and I've been around a while. What's the what's the piece de resistance for you in regards to this space? Well, for for, for work wise, it's to I mean, any geologist who want to find a world class ore body. Um, whether it's gold, copper, or for me, it's graphite at this stage. So uh, I think we're getting there, and and that's the aim, is to come out of this in, let's say, 12 months or two years, whatever it's going to take, and to say we've got a world-class ore body in a great location. Um, and, you know, there's also the, the importance now of those battery minerals and things like that. Um, that's a huge space. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and Australia is, is, is sort of catching up now. If you look at what China's been doing for the last, say, 20 years, they've been cornering the market on graphite and rare earths and lithium and things like that. So we're catching up now. So to be part of that's pretty exciting as well. Why do you think we took so long to get going? Did we did we just sort of like go along where we were just satisfied with, you know, the stock standard stuff that we grew up oh, digging out of the ground rather than, you know, as you talk about rare earth and lithium and the like? Oh, look, oh, look oh, it, it, you know, it wasn't too many years ago where, you know, that spodumene and pegmatite wasn't worth anything. You drill through it to get to the gold, and I say it, it, everyone ignored it. Um, whereas, uh, perhaps in a, a country like China, which want to have a more centrally sort of planned economy, they can plan these things more, you know, in, in the future. And they realise there's opportunities there to um, to become dominant in the market for things like that. And obviously, they're blessed with the natural resources there as well, like Australia is. Um, so, you know, that, that's possibly one reason. And um, you know, graphite's the same thing too. Until recently, it was a, a niche mineral used in. Um, industrial uses but of course now it's increasingly being used in batteries which is a very important you know it's uh we're chatting with richard mannix at king's lad minerals kng if you like the cut of his cloth and you like where they're going and it sounds like they've got some exciting times trying to read between the lines so stand by for march 2024 
you go to work, you put your, you go into work mode, set your day up. What's the first thing you do when you've got your KNG pants on? Um, yeah, it's where you check the shit. To see how it opens. Are you a morning? share price stalker? Do you watch it all the I time? I try not to be. I try not to be. A lot of people say that, but it's hard to resist, isn't it? Uh, it's almost addictive. Oh, look, it, it is addictive, but when your share price bounces up and down, like ours has been doing the last uh, couple of months, you tend to get a bit sick of it and think, okay, I'll just ignore this now. I'll do it in some real work now. <laughs> I'll let the people buying and selling shares to worry about that. But um, that's probably the first thing is to, you know, to check what the market's doing. Um, Are you pleased with it? Um, oh, look, we've done very well. You know, we're um, above our IPO price, you know, price of 20 cents. Uh, you know, we're about 22 or 23 this morning. We've been to 45 cents. You know, we'd like to be 45 and above, of course, but we're reasonably happy with the fact that the share price is still above 20 cents. So people who came in at the IPO are, are making money if they're selling now. Um, and, you know, with the story we've got going forward, I expect that share price to appreciate it. Well, that's great news. So, so you check the share price. Catch up with the emails, check in with the staff. Is that how oh, well, it works? The staff really is me, um, Bruno, who's the CFO and another director, and Nick Revell, another director, and he's up at Pine Creek at the moment. So that's that's it. That's all the, the staff we've got, the three of us. Um, so we're pretty hands-on. So we're, you know, we're running a pretty lean, um, a lean ship, a lean machine. I don't know. Be, be so what ha when you say what's happening up there in the NT, so you're, you're, you're the people who are working and drilling the holes, mm. do you, uh, you talk the wet season's coming, so yeah. almost it's over now, is it? Oh, the drilling will finish in about two or three weeks. Okay. Yeah. So do you talk, touch base with them and how they're travelling? Oh, yeah, all the time. Every, every day, talking on site. You know, nowadays, the mobile phones, like yesterday, we we had a you know a phone call with a video, so I was looking at the call, which which is coming out of the hole. Yeah. So you get uh, live time um, updates on, on what's happening with the drilling, which is good. So that's part of the daily routine that's checking that. Do you like to get up there as much as you can or do you? As much as I can, although I've, I've found this year especially there's been a little bit more work to do. You know, there's a bit more marketing to do nowadays with the, the graphite story, um, which which keeps you busy. Um, so, you know, not as much as I'd like to do, but there's always one of us up there. You know, one of the directors is always up there with the rig drilling. So, And are they working or are they just watching? Oh, they work. It's hard work up there. It's about 40 degrees right now. I can imagine. It's not, it's not very comfortable right now, so I'm quite happy sitting here in Perth. Yeah, you, but you, if, you yeah. Start, if you start pulling out stuff that you've been impressed with, yeah, yeah. Makes it, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what's your coffee of choice? Coffee? <laughs> Just a long black. Yeah. I'm not too fast. Yeah. I'm not a coffee snob. No. Anything as long as it's uh, hot. Make it at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. But just normal, put it... Teaspoon in, tip it in, or you got a machine? Got a machine. Grind the beans. Yeah. Happy with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Make a lot of noise. When you grind the beans, does it? Does. Too bad. Do you it? do that night before so you don't wake up? I don't know. It's one of the morning rituals, isn't it? You wake up, first thing you do is turn the machine on so it heats up, then you grind the beans. Okay. Every day. And then turn the radio on. Yeah. Gotcha. So radio of choice. So. What, what, what do you do with the radio? What are you listening to? Oh, just the ABC normally. Okay. Yeah. Don't be afraid to listen to SENWO and do a breakfast show. I hope you might say that. <laughs> it's a funny show. It's a, we're, a bit, we're half entertaining. Um, all right. If I was, we've got this big white wall in our studio here um, for the podcast. I was to give you a big art line pen. I want you to write your, your motto. What do you work by? What's your, what's your work? Give me a work motto, Richard. Give me some. A word. A word or a line or a sentence that you work by. Look, it. it Enjoy your day. Bad things happen all the time uh, at work. Hard things happen. Unpleasant things happen. And, and like in, in, in life in general, um, just try and enjoy every day because you only get one of them. And I'm, I, I turned 60 recently, uh, well, you know, late last year. Yeah. So you realise as you're getting older, you, know, you, you start realising no, the, the days are 
you know, limited, I suppose. I enjoy what you've got when it's here. So that's why we're enjoying every day at Kingsland now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you look healthy enough, which is fantastic. I'm only a couple of years behind you. I'm catching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you might catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got the work-life balance right? Or I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's interesting, that, and everyone's aware, that you know the change since all the COVID shutdowns um, was interesting. I, worked, I just walked up Hay Street in, in, in West Perth, um, and I was pretty lonely. I think a lot of people, well, it's a Friday morning, but you know, the work-life balance now of working at home a lot more, and I do that now more than I used to, um, which saves a lot of time driving on the freeway. Um, so I think that's an important part of a work-life balance for anyone. I think most officers, I think Friday's that day. Yeah. I think because, you know, yeah. I agree with you. I think today on the roads, you know, I'm going through from, to get here from Optus Stadium where the radio studio is. Yeah. And Fridays is the day where it's just not as busy. Thursdays, Wednesdays is yeah. way busy. So it must be that yeah. four days at the office, one day at home type balance. Well, there's talk about four day work coming in for a lot of people. Yeah. Now, so. Oh, don't worry. The, the, the young generation, they already <laughs> work four days a week. Yeah. Look across at our man, Sam, who does a great job. Um, so you've got the balance right. What, what away from Kingsland are you doing? What, what sort of what interests you? Are you talking about your passion for footy, obviously? Oh, like, yeah, I, I like I like sport. And, you know, and, and um, me and my wife Janine, we um, we go to the footy. We, we like the Eagles playing. Uh, we go to the basketball. The Eagles are the Wildcats are playing tonight. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to that. Well, SEN owns the Wildcats. That's that's the company that I work. Yeah, for. We're, we're members of the Wildcats. We enjoy that very much. Yeah. yeah. It's a great night, isn't it? Oh, it's good fun. I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch it when I first came over here about 30 years ago. Yep. And, and my wife is a mad keen you know, sports fan. Yep. And she used to watch the Wildcats on TV back yep. in those days. Yep. Live on whatever channel. Channel 10 it was. Just, yeah, yeah. Live on then. And we'd be, she would have seen me on there, I reckon. Rich. Probably would have. I used to work on the old, yeah, the old days. And, and she explained the rules to me and yep. I quite enjoyed it. Then about, when they moved to... Um, the Perth Arena there, we, we've got membership. Yeah, it's incredible. We go, love yeah, it. Brilliant. Great. Uh, so sport's a big part of it. What about things like travel and reading and uh, Sudoku and, you know, things oh, a little oh, bit oh. left field? My sister introduced me a few years ago. She said, you should look at this. And I, no, I've nearly finished a master's degree in ancient history <laughs> online. So that's that's been an interesting uh, little journey as well. I've enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's taken about five or six years, and I'll hopefully finish it sometime by, I mean, 2024, next year. And so well, you're still going. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can have an MA after my name as well. But I've really enjoyed that. It's been good fun. I think it's um, it's good practice. You know, doing something like uh, history, you have to read a lot, and you have to write. You know, um, uh, lengthy essays, which I think so that improves your your writing and comprehension skills, and it just um, keeps your mind active as well. And something outside of work. Yeah, look, I, I you know, in the short time that we've uh, been chatting, uh, the marketing aspect of business whether it be mining or media or sport, is is huge, is it not? It's 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 your pitch. It's your pitch to your possible investors, your current investors. Marketing is key. Do you find that? Look, I come from a background of being a you know a um, technical person working for mining companies. Um, and the last eighteen months, I've been doing this role for um, Kingsland, and it is this. It's a lot of marketing involved in. Essentially, you're selling shares to people, mm. so you have to convince them to buy. Mm. You know, and, and the technical part of me says, okay, if I drill good holes with lots of grade and they look good, that'll sell the story. But there's a bit more to that. Mm. You know, you, you have to also convince people that the story is a good story. Yeah, well, okay. in, in, in particular, a company that's only in its infancy. No, that's about. right. Yeah, so yeah, we're still unknown. That's right. So, yeah, you know, you, you, story. You're banging with the big boys, so to speak. So you need to make your mark. Um, 
you've traveled the world, as I mentioned, in this in this uh, mining space for a long time. It's taken to many places. Have you had dark times in regards to you know the jobs that you've done and businesses you work for where it's been really tough and you thought, why am I here? What's going on? And you've had to sort of lean on people to try and get you out? No? Not really. Not really. I mean, most of my work has been in, in production and mining. So you're visiting mine sites where there's a lot of people there and the technical people and most technical people, it doesn't matter where they are in the world, speak a bit of English. So, you know, you always get by. Um, you know, it's, I've probably found harder times like that working in Western Australia rather than overseas, I think. Mm. And team is important. You, so, so you talked about how small your team is at Kingsland and you've obviously got your blokes working up on the, on the drills and the stuff up there in the NT, but at the same Pine Creeks, but at the same time is it, you know, team is important, isn't it? It's the way you connect with everyone in any way. And as you talked about your passion for sport, um, how important is, is everyone at the workplace, everyone in the workplace pulling together to, to get success? Oh, it's very important. But that's, part, yeah, that's probably the main thing is having a, a good team who's, who's oriented you know, to do, you know, on the same thing. Um, and I think any, any uh, exploration company, um, any other you know, non-mining company or sporting clubs or any institution like that, you've got to have a, a group of people who have got the, um, the same common uh, mindset to, to move ahead and, and have the same target in mind. I think that's very important. A lot of people who listen to this podcast will be your investors and your, your shareholders or possible investors yep. going forward in the future. Um, and they can look at reports and we, we half, I half joked about the numbers and the graphs and they all probably understand it because that's why they're in the game and you need to dumb it down for them. Um, how important, uh, when you talk about the share price bouncing up and down and at the moment going okay and we think next year things are going to get even bigger for Kingsland, just how important is communication with your investors and when they bail out and you can see that there's been some significant changes in investment and holdings and stuff, do you ask questions? Oh, look, it, 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 it can be hard sometimes. You, you have to be careful what you say to people, obviously with, with rules of transparency and material comments and things like that. I mean, I'd love to tell people, why did you buy? We're going to get these great results in a couple of weeks, we think. But you can't say that. Correct. You know, so it, 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 you have to make sure you communicate things in the right way where you... You, you, yeah, you, you can exude confidence without going people, too far. That, that's right. You, you keep people informed, obviously, without stepping over the line and breaking any laws or rules or conventions. Um, and that's, like we said before, the marketing type to, um, part of it as well, to keep people engaged and interested and um, focused on the story and, and being, being part of the story as well. So they um, can ride the ups and downs. Um, you know, people who invest in shares, in, in Kingsland shares, they can sell them if they want to. I mean, I can't. I'm I'm here with the whole time, so I've got to. Your chips in. I, I believe the story. That's why I'm still here. That's right. <laughs> so I, I I like to, to to see other people do the same thing and and to stick with it, and they'll be rewarded. So with that being said, um, give us the the long range plan for Kingsland, and of course you're focusing on what's taking place up there, as you mentioned in the graphite space, and you've got other projects which are just probably just sitting waiting while your focus is on this because it sounds like it's exciting. Give us the the long term, the mid and the short, and in a moment we'll get the pitch of Kingsland. So long first, long first, I, I guess the any long-term aim for an exploration company is to find a deposit, develop it, and see it mined. Uh, and that's the long-term aim for, for us up there with the graphite, is to see our company or our, our deposit supplying Australia and the rest of the world with high-quality graphite product, which can hopefully end up in the electric cars we drive around. 
Um, and to, to achieve that, you know, we're, we're drilling now. We'll get a resource next year. We'll do metallurgical test work next year. That'll, um, uh, that's the first milestone. That'll precipitate the next step, which is more drilling to upgrade the resource to a high category so we can get mining reserves. We'll do more, more um, downstream test work on the product to see if we can get battery anode material out of it. And then you start talking about where you're going to, are you going to make the battery anode material in, in Darwin or export it somewhere else for someone else to make um, in Australia, hopefully. Um, but that's sort of the, the short to medium term part of it. Um, so yeah, the aim is just to be a, a supplier of graphite, um, product to the world. In a moment, we'll get you to pitch to people who are listening to this podcast and, uh, and wanting to know whether they would uh, be jumping in, in regards to, of course, Kingsland. Just touch on the other three, uh, projects that you've got, or has several other projects. You just want to touch on them without sort of saying that you're, yeah, 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 you're getting you're getting sweaty over them at the moment. But just tell us where they where they all sit. We've got the uranium project, the Clear Uranium project, um, up uh, which is on the same tenement block as the graphite. It's 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 separated. It's not quite the same. So we you know we can um, differentiate between the two when we're doing any further development. But that's got a resource of around five million pounds of uranium. Um, we haven't touched that since we finished drilling in October last year. This time last year, so that's still sitting there. And with the price of uranium doing what it's doing now. We'll um, you know, consider what the future for that is, you know, whether we uh, develop it ourselves or get someone else involved or you know, things like that. Uh, the other projects up there, base metals, um, there's a bit of lithium potential too, we think, on some of the tenement blocks there. You know, obviously, with our small team, we've been a bit um, thin on the ground to, to, to look at those things, and plus you know, the money as well as part of it. Uh, but I think going forward, uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit more work on those things um, to try and develop the potential there. And we're going to start doing a, um, a soil sampling survey on our Lake Johnson tenement, which has got potential for what's well, got historic nickel hits on it. Where's Lake Johnson? Um, oh, in between Hyden and Norseman, down there. Um, so what's that about? Four hours. Wave Rock about, Way. Yeah, yeah. You drive past Wave Rock. I, I, you know, you, 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 you stop in to look at it on the way. Go uh, to the. Uh, was it the? Uh, oh, it's down there. Dennis Collins, who played at Carlton and the Bulldogs, okay. used to run the um, silk. There's a silk shop display. He made silk for the Queen, the late Queen. I think I've, I've seen it. But yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, I don't think he's there anymore, yeah. but he certainly, that's okay. where he went. For those that don't know, Dennis Collins, uh, I think he was famous for being hit by Robert Muir from St Kilda. Okay. If you have a look at Dennis Collins, he's famous if you have a look at that on Google. But yeah, he ran the sort of, I'm sure it was the lace, lace or silk yes, museum or display, and he okay. had some famous lace or, anyway. That's what I know about Hyde yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Wave Rock. So that's where Lake. Well, it's a nice spot, Hyde. I mean, we've been to the pub there and had a few beers there on the way down to the project. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll do a soil sampling survey there. We we um, there's potential there for nickel, obviously, but I think we're looking for you know any pegmatites um, that are hiding in those little chunks of greenstone which have been faulted off you know, in the main Lake Johnson belt. So that'll be an interesting little program as well. Richard, you touched on at the start um, that you you think the new year is going to be exciting for for, for Kingsland and in particular what's happening up here in the graphite space up there in the in the NT. Pitch to people who are tuned in for the first time who have liked what they've heard over the last half hour. Graphite. It's all about you know, the graphite story is a positive story. China in you know, China introduced export controls last week, um, which means it's it's the first step to perhaps just reminding the world that they control the market. So everyone's thinking, okay, we need alternative supplies now. We're drilling out where we think it's a big deposit. Um, this time in about, let's say, six months, end of March, we'll have the ability to compare ourselves with our peers in the graphite industry with a 
the size of the resource and the amenability to coming up with a product, um, I think it'll be a good story and people then can, um, can uh, gauge us beside everyone else. And I think it'll be a, a rebrand. Exciting times for King's Land Minerals, ladies and gentlemen. KNG is the ASX coat. Last one before we let you go. West Coast are taking on Hawthorne in a future grand final. Who are you barracking for? It'd be Hawthorne. It would be Hawthorne. Who's the wife barracking for? Oh, the Eagles. Well, not true. I said she's a local girl from Kerbula. Yes. There you go. Barrack, we had a good game this year. And I think it was at the Battle of the Wooden Spooners. Briefly, they came good to Hawks. That's right, they came good at the end of Hawks. I think they won that game. They're going, so, they're going all right. Like yourself, I've got a good game to watch every week. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, good on you, Tim. Good to talk to you. Richard Maddox, Kingsland Minerals. That has been another episode of ASX Market. Gosh, thanks for listening. Please take time to subscribe to us. If you haven't already, share us, like us, and leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. This has been ASX Market, Goss. And until next time, thanks for listening. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.